Frost 17. Broadcasting from deep within Combine territory. It is every citizen's duty to resist the Combine and learn the truth. Stay tuned for the latest news of our recent successes in our never-ending battle to regain control of Earth. This broadcast will be repeated every hour. Transmission code 8765. And welcome to a brand new Half-Life podcast. Uh, it's either going to be called About That Beer or Podcast 17 yet. We're not sure, but we're learning, leaning towards About That Beer. Um, basically, this podcast is about anything Half-Life related. Maps, mods, interviews, previews, whatever. I am William, also known as Cubic Virtuoso on the internet. And with me, as always, is our co-host, Philip from Planet Philip. Welcome, everybody. Glad you could join us. We have uh, an exciting, well, not an exciting show today, but <laughs> exciting shows in the future. This is really just a pilot episode. Um, if you're not sure what a pilot is, it's really just a mock episode so that we can get something going and we can get something online and we can be on iTunes. Plus, we kind of want to talk about what the show is for you guys. So, uh, Philip, what is the show? Well, the show is a chance for all those lazy people out there who can't be bothered to visit their websites to just sit back, relax, and listen to us talking about everything that happened during the week related to Half-Life. Exactly. Um, not even just sit back and relax. You can throw it on your iPod. You can throw it in your car. If you're really hardcore, you can burn it to a CD, and you can make like a little compilation of us. That'd be cool. And you can send pictures. That'd be awesome. Um... Yeah, really, just, if if you have some free time, um, you know, go and head to work or driving to school, you can pop us in and uh, listen about everything that's new about Half-Life. So what will we be, we be covering, Phil? Well, we've got lots of plans lined up. We are definitely going to be covering all the latest news, the media releases, all the videos that have been released to do with the latest maps and mods, that's for sure. Uh, there'll also be, we have a few features lined up, we're thinking of something called a blast from the past, where we all look at one of our favourite mods that we, we describe as a classic, tell you why we love it, or even perhaps why we hate it. Uh, another feature we'll be trying to do is if I were Valve, this is where we all get a chance to tell everybody what we would do if we were Gabe, and how we would control Valve. Um, also is Big Bad Builds Rants. This is where William tells us exactly what he thinks about any subject that he desires. That right, Bill? For sure. Um, I do have a lot of issues on my mind, and uh, I do have a lot of things that i got to cope with. But also we'll be bringing on other people onto the show. It's not just going to be uh, me and Boring Philip for the entire time. We will be bringing on other people, such as other developers, other people to interview, we have some potential cast lined up from Planet Half-Life, so we're going off with a bang to start with, and uh, we're definitely ready to make this show the best Half-Life show. We want to make it so that you don't have to really check any sites except for our site, because the podcast will be everything in one. You know, you don't really have to go anywhere else except to get the links and to download mods and to download maps. So we will provide all that information for you since we're already doing it anyway, and we'll just put it in voice format. I was just going to say that sounds like a great uh, summary of what we have planned. Now, as for uh, us, I mean, that's the show. Now, let's talk a little bit about us. Um, first off, I come from an extremely wide Half-Life background ever since 1998, I remember reading about Half-Life and, uh, you know, the whole Half-Life versus Sin War. And then Half-Life came out. I remember being scared by the alien slaves as a child. And then uh, playing TFC in my basement and pissing off my parents with my loud noises. And then, uh, you know, following the news. And then I got involved in Half-Life.org. Um, I published a whole bunch of things there. I was senior editor at Half-Life.org when it was big. I was published on some Planet Half-Life things, and then uh, I went into broadcasting, mainly on uh, Game Broadcasting Live, GBL, for anyone who remembers that. Um, went to some events and recorded some, or I guess um, announced some uh, Cyber Athlete League games over on Cal. 
And then I went on GSR and did some uh, news shows on GSR. And then most recently I was on Gamers United with Blue Wolf 72 from MobDB and uh, did some work there. And now I'm here on this podcast. Philip, how about you? Well, I think I'm the newbie here, really, because um, I started with Unreal, and I just became addicted to the uh, whole uh, environment there. So I started a, a website called Unreal Websites, and it was going to be the yellow pages of all the best websites that I could find. And slowly, slowly that evolved into, really, Planet Philip. Um, that's my only connection with the community, really, is just via Planet Philip. I'm starting to make uh, inroads with developers. I've done a little bit of voice acting. I've done some writing, just those kind of things. But really, I'm quite new to all of this. We kind of met through Planet Philip, actually. Um, I mean, that is your your starting point for everything that you do. But uh, I actually linked to you on another one of my podcasts, and then we got chatting, and uh, then we we took it from there. I was I was thinking about doing a podcast idea for Half Life for a while now, and you were able to provide us with those resources so that we can get out to the community. So it's really great. I I appreciate that, and I thank you for that. No problem at all. I thank you. I've been thinking of doing something similar to this for a long time as well, but I just felt that listeners didn't just want to hear me and because I had no experience in doing any types of podcasting before I thought the closest I would come would be video reviews on um, Planet Philip but this is like a perfect opportunity perfect yeah exactly I think it's going to be really fun and we we're definitely going to have a lot of things to talk about a lot of people are saying well you can't really talk about Half-Life for half an hour but I really think we can. The community's still strong, even a, even after so many years. There's still things always in development. And uh, by the sheer amount of responses we got in our competition that I'm going to get to in a sec, I mean, you could just tell that there are people who really care about this sort of stuff. So I think it's going to be a great show. We're going to have a lot of really cool things to talk about, a lot of really cool people on the show. And uh, you, the listener, can learn a lot about the community as well, which is nice. And, you know, um, you know it kind of opens up everybody's eyes onto what's out there because there is some really nice things out there um, that you have to dig for. One perfect example is uh, The Trap. The Trap is a Russian mod and us English speakers don't really know much about the whole Russian Half-Life community but we'll try to open that up to you guys and give you an idea of what's going on globally instead of just in North America too. Yeah, taking that idea a little bit further, one of the things we'll do at the end is we'll we'll see if we can talk to some of the people who are bilingual or, you know, connected to the Spanish half-life scene or the Russian half-life scene and see if they can, you know, act as a go-between, a bridge between some of those mods and some of those developers. Because there's a few Russian mods out there that look fantastic, but we really don't know that much about them, and that's that's a shame. And hopefully this podcast will be able to be part of that bridge between other communities. Yeah, for sure. Um... Now, just talking about what's going on with the podcast right now is uh, we're kind of in a limbo stage. Uh, we have two domains set up. We have aboutthatbeer.com and podcast17.com. And we're currently holding a poll for the competition we just had. Now, for those new listeners who are picking us up through iTunes or through each other's friends or whatnot, um, we had a competition to pick a name for the podcast hosted on uh, Planet Philip. Now, we got a lot of submission ideas um, because the grand prize was a free copy of Left 4 Dead, and that definitely um, whets a lot of people's taste buds. But uh, we got we narrowed it down to two, and it was About That Beer and uh, Podcast 17. So right now there is a poll going on, and I think About That Beer is still winning last I checked. So it looks like that will probably be the name. I just had a quick look on the site, and uh, Podcast 17 has 34 votes, and About That Beer has 33, so it's uh, it's just leading at the moment. We have almost 24 hours left uh, for people to vote, so if you're listening to this and you want to vote, visit planetphilip.com and get voting. Yeah, definitely. Oh, my God. It's been such a close race, and it really shows why this was such a hard decision between these two names. We got some amazing names, though, and some amazing submissions. It's just uh, some of them were a little bit too obscure, and some of them were a little too related to other games, such as Portal. But uh, we wanted to get 
we just want we narrowed it down to these two, and uh, we think these two will really depict what the podcast is about. Philip, you want to tell us some of the ideas we had about uh, the differences between Podcast Seventeen and about that beer? Sure. Starting with Podcast Seventeen, we felt that obviously the connection with City Seventeen was you know very clear, and of course, podcast is a clear indication of the project itself. But it had more than that. We felt that it was more about a rebel underground radio station broadcasting to the citizens who uh, still lived in City 17 and still wanted human information. Uh, so there was this, you know, you know, hardcore grunge feeling to it. About that beer, for those people who don't know, was a phrase that Barney Calhoun used in uh, the second uh, Half-Life, Half-Life 2, right near the beginning where he starts with, About that beer I owed ya. And we felt that because it was connected to a character rather than a location or a weapon or an event, that there was this feeling of just going to the bar and just chatting about stuff. And, of course, you know, chatting in this case is about Half-Life. So those were our thoughts on the uh, the entries. As William said, there were some really good ones, but these were the two that we felt had what we really wanted. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's either really to us... It's not much about the name, it's more about the feeling that it invokes. So, like like Philip said, Podcast 17 is more underground and rebel-related, and about that beer is more community-based and sitting on a couch and drinking with your friends sort of thing. Uh, it's hard to get away from that beer thing. But, uh, you know, to the hardcore Half-Life listeners, and those are who we're really speaking to, is the ho- hardcore Half-Lifers, they'll, they'll get the jokes, regardless. So, um... I, I don't think there there needs to be much explanation, um, but I mean it's still there. So and it'll be on our sites. Like I said, we've registered about that beer dot com and podcast seventeen dot com. So we're ready for whatever wins on Monday, and then we'll just roll it out and get ready with the first episode or edition. We're gonna do something a little bit different. We're gonna actually call things. Um, we're gonna actually label things with titles instead of having numbers. Um, we want to we want to really change the podcast scene and do things differently than most podcasts. And you'll be able to listen live too. I won't go into details about that, but you will be. Um, so if you're interested in that, we record on Sundays afternoons. Um, so open up your schedule. Philip, what about the uh, first edition of our podcast? When's that going to be, or what's going to go on for that? Well, we're hoping to either record next Sunday, which is the 2nd, or at the very latest, it will be the 9th. We have an interview with some members of Strider Mountain lined up, although we still need to finalise the times and the dates. If that doesn't happen for the very first episode, it will definitely happen for the second one. We just need to make sure their schedules meet up. Uh, we've got a couple of guests lined up. People have uh, applied to, you know, uh, join the show. So even if we don't have Strider Mountain, we'll have uh, a couple of people to talk, shoot the breeze, talk about what's been happening. Um, some of the things I missed that I'd like to go back on some of our ideas that maybe we can, you know, even do for the first one is, uh, I think that we, I'd like to look on YouTube and maybe see some of the more obscure uh, videos that have been posted about Half-Life because I was looking a few days ago and there's some really cool ones that I'd never ever seen uh, so that might be kind of good and another one would be website of the week uh, obviously there are hundreds of Half-Life related websites but there's some really cool ones that are quite obscure as well and I think that it might be fun if we just uh, look up some of those and you know see what what's out there as well and of course we'll be taking reader or listener submissions Exactly. Um, we'll have some emails set up for you, feedback at aboutthatbeer.com or feedback at podcast17.com. Don't email those yet. Um, stay tuned to Planet Philip. That's uh, www.planetphilip.com with two L's. And uh, right there, that's kind of our home base right now. That's where we are posting all our information and news and when we get a website set up or uh, when we get hosting set up and everything. The links will be on there, and then everything will move over to that site. So stay tuned to Planet Philip. And if you want, you can also apply to be on the show. Like Philip said, we've had lots of applicants. Um, a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds that apply. We're looking for developers who want to be on the show, people who play a lot of multiplayer that want multiplayer games that want to be on, or not multiplayer games, multiplayer mods that want to be on the show and talk about some new multiplayer mods. We're looking for people to interview. 
So if you want to be on the show or anything like that, once again, go to Planet Philip. That's www.planetphilip.com to get uh, all the information on how to apply. It's still in the top news um, about the podcast and everything, so I'm sure you'll find it. Uh, and then you can apply, and we'll interview you for the process, and we'll get you on the show. And most definitely, we're really open to anybody, um, even people who host websites, like Philip said. And this is kind of different from uh, what we've been doing, or what other shows do. Um, a lot of shows interview people who develop mods, and sometimes that can get a little stale. Um, you know, it's the same thing every week. Yeah, we're developing a mod. Yeah, we got a new weapon to show off. Yeah, um, it's not going to be released yet, and we can't tell you the release date. But we want to talk to some people who run those sites, like maybe some people from ModDB, or maybe some people from Planet Half-Life, and ask them, um, what do you think of the current state of the Half-Life community? Or how do you feel about um, this mod? Or how do you feel about this mod? Or what's your number one mod of the year? So we'll get some other insights, too. And it should be really, really, really fun. Yeah, I think that's important because uh, the people who run these websites are, are the center of their own communities, but they're also major parts of the, the gaming community in general, and they see pretty much everything that's going on, and they have a view. And unless they mod or they map, we don't get to hear what they have to say, and I think that that's quite important. I'd like to hear what some of those people have got to say. But I'd also like to stress that I want to hear what the listeners want as well. I mean, we know what we want, and we have a huge list of ideas, but sometimes a listener can come up with some idea that you think, geez, why didn't we think of that? Um, so it's important that if you're listening and you have some ideas of things that you want to see on the show, not necessarily want to participate yourself, perhaps you're too shy, but if you've got an idea for a feature or somebody we should talk to, then please contact us and we'll see what we can do. Most definitely. And uh, I guess they can just contact us through Planet Philip again currently. Um, I know it's, it's kind of hard to get a hold of us right now in the current state of things. But uh, like I said, all news, I can't stress it enough, all news right now and all information is going to be put up on Planet Philip until we get a website and we decide on a finalized name. So. But hopefully that won't be much longer. I mean, once, we have, uh, once we've made a decision... And I'd like to say here that um, the poll on Planet Philip is not the only decider. So if one of those domains get one gets one more vote than the other, that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to go with that one. We just wanted to hear what the um, PP readers had to say. But once that's done, which will be 24 hours from now, we really will be um, transferring every piece of information onto the new site. And I'll be... Um, forwarding as many readers as possible to that new site so uh, although planet philip is currently the most important place for news uh, about the podcast it won't be for much longer and even probably while you're listening for this uh listening to this right now we probably already have the site up uh, with podcasts it's hard because you kind of got to look in the future and what's going on because that's when the actual episode's out but uh most likely by the time you're listening to this now there will be a working website up and uh, there will be an email that you can contact. So most definitely that's going to be feedback at either aboutthatbeer.com or feedback at podcast17.com. So that little tidbit of information there is for you, and you can get a hold of us. And we'll most likely get a hold of you within the hour of your email. So Yeah, depending on the time zone. Exactly. So, um, Philip. I guess that covers the show, and that covers what we're about. Um, so let's chit-chat about what's going on right now. What is currently your favorite mod, or what, what are you currently playing in the Half-Life scene? I'm ashamed to say I'm still stuck on the trap. Um, this one is, is the most amazing mod I've ever played for Half-Life 1 or Half-Life 2, and it's changed the way I play. In the past... If I got stuck, I would maybe try three or four times, perhaps leave it a day. But now I say to myself, no, I'm going to figure this out, whatever it takes. I'm not going to use any console commands. I'm not going to ask for help. And every time I pass a level, I'm, you know, ashamed to say again, I feel really pleased with myself. 
I shouldn't because I'm sure there are many readers who passed all of the uh, the levels really quickly, but I didn't. So that's really what I'm stuck on. I'm also playing um, a mod called Offshore, which was built for Half-Life 2, and it was made by one guy, a guy called Darrow, uh, Darrow Linden, I think. I'd need to check that. Um, and it's a huge mod, huge. Um, I've spent at least... 15 hours playing and I'm only halfway through. Admittedly, I'm quite a slow player and I go backwards and forwards, but I've got a feeling this is actually longer than Half-Life 2 itself. What about you, William? What are you playing? Uh, I, I was looking on uh, Planet Half-Life and they've done some Mod of the Weeks and uh, mainly right now I picked up Resistance and Liberation, which right now is an Alpha 2. It's a multiplayer mod for Half-Life 2. It kind of follows the DoD uh, scheme of things, uh, for Dare Defeat Source, I should say. And, uh, you know, it's situated in World War II, but it's a little bit more realistic. You don't have a crowbar, you don't have a HUD, um, you have to use iron sights, and you have, like, an interactive dynamic map that comes out. It's a little bit more intense, a little bit more serious, but I don't know how I feel about it yet. It is alpha, which is even before beta, so it's, it's hard to give it, you know, a legitimate score or anything. But, uh, you know, there's not enough people right now playing the mod for me to get an idea of how it works. I've, I've joined servers before, and, you know, there's only, like, five people playing in the whole server list. It's kind of a shame, because the mod is good. It's really fun, and uh, there's a lot of really cool things going on with it. But, like I said, there's not a lot of people playing it. So, these are this is kind of one of those mods that... Uh, a lot of people need to be playing. You need like at least 12 people in the server to have an enjoyable time because the maps are so large. Uh, and you definitely, when I was joining servers, all the servers that were populated were servers using custom maps, and then the custom maps didn't have their own map overlay files, and it made the mod extremely difficult for somebody new. So I just wish there was more people playing more stock maps, and maybe then I can have an idea of what's going on. Another mod that I'm playing right now is uh, the Mistake for Half-Life 1. It kind of feels like Afraid of the Afraid of Monster series for Half-Life 1. Uh, it's kind of one of those spooky, you're an insane asylum, you're not too sure what's going on your head, going on in your head type deals. Uh, very kind of scary. A lot of pop-up things. A lot of nice things going on with the Half-Life 1 engine that I haven't seen before. A lot of nice use of uh, instatic or static models in the maps instead of actually modeling it modeling areas brush by brush it's a good mod i had it crash on me a couple times whether that was my fault or the mod's fault is yet to be decided but uh since it's been crashing i kind of put it down because i don't want to replay the things again just to mention, you are using the final version of Mistake because he's released two sort of demos. One of them was like 60% of the, the mod itself, which is a bit silly. But it is the final version you're playing, yeah? Yeah, I got it off of... Uh, I, I saw the post on Planet Half-Life. I, ha I saw your version on Planet Philip, and I did download that, and I played that for a little bit, and then when I saw the final version was out, I uninstalled the version that I got from Planet Philip early on and installed the newer version. So I am playing the newer version, um, and it is quite entertaining. It's fun. I just hope the reason for it crashing wasn't because of the mod and more because of my fault. <laughs> Although there's no autosaves, so now I have to play through all that again, and I just hate doing that. It really deters me away. So if you're a developer listening to this, just put autosaves in there. I mean, not because... I guess this is my rant now. Not because it uh, it takes away from the gameplay element. You know, autosaves, autosaves, and then you get to start from the next, the previous autosave, and it really adds no difficulty to the game. But because shit happens. I hate to say it, but shit happens to people when they're playing. Whether the game crashes, whether, uh, you know, the power goes out at their house... It doesn't matter because nobody wants to replay a whole section again. And if they do, they're going to replay the whole mod again. They're going to start from the beginning. You know, it's after they've already beat it a first time. So put autosaves in your maps. I see maps all the time. I see mods all the time without autosaves. And it makes me so mad because I just hate hitting my F6 key because it's so out of the way and it, you know, disconnects me from the game. Just put autosaves in your stuff, please. 
I agree, I agree, but too often the developer doesn't think about that when they're building the maps. And I think it's important that you plan those places where you auto-save very carefully because not only should it be a point where perhaps you've just picked up health or perhaps uh, ammo or something or you've received information, but it should be physically in a place that feels comfortable and feels right for an autosave. Often just after you start a battle, or not often, but at least once, I've started a battle and it's autosaved and I've just died. So when I start again, I'm back to being dead again really quickly. So put them in, but think about them and plan them before you start building the mod. Exactly. That's that's another key point. Oh, it, location, location, location. It's it's said with real estate, but it's also the same with mods. Um, right now, outside of Half Life, I'm playing Dead Space for the 360, and they have some awesome saving features. Some really really nice places for uh, for saves, and it's frequent enough so that you know, right before battles, right before bosses, you can go in there and you save. I don't want to talk too much about Dead Space, but uh, if if you're if you're a developer, it's always good to look at how other people are doing things. Um, not only in the Half Life community, but in other games. Um, um, once again, through Dead Space, there's no HUD. The HUD is actually integrated into the player. You know, your 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 health is on your spine, your armor, or I'm sorry, your your stasis, which is basically your magic, is also on your back. It's integrated into the player, and it adds that sort of depth and uh, that connection between the player and the game. So it's always good to look at other things like that. I really think the future of gaming is a HUD-less gaming experience. No HUD, no overlay text, um, just all integrated in some way or another, whether you have your ammo count on your gun, whether you have, um, I don't know, some uh, objective or map that gets spawned as a hologram in front of you. Um, it's just another thing is always looking at what people are doing and what, you know the drive is in the gaming industry it's important to yeah i'd like to i'd like to do a little bit of pimping now as some readers or visitors of pp know i've got this dream about a game i'd love to build which is called blaze bolden and it's the 1930s sci-fi theme and i thought about many different aspects of gaming and i tried to reconsider all of them and the hud was one of them and and i decided that what i was going to do was integrate some kind of system to include information to the player into the story and in this particular case the weapon projects certain information directly onto the eyeball of the player not the person but the player so if you get hit or you jump that shudders um, and it provides information but it fits in with the story because I was quite interested to hear what you were saying about resistance because I not only don't I play any MP games but I don't particularly like uh, games that aid, aim for pure realism because there's too many contradictions you say that you have to uh, use the iron sights and you can't see any health yet suddenly you also say and I'm not you know, complaining to you William but you say that you get the map overlay and to me it's black or white you either give the player as much information as they can in a structured manner that suits the mod or you don't and if you don't fine i don't like that kind of style but i don't think you can have one or the other do you see what i mean yeah i know what you're saying i guess i should clarify about resistance so we don't get any hate emails um what happens with the map is you hit your map key and the player will pull out a map from his pocket you know and unfold it and stuff like a weapon and uh it's kind of a generic map and then when that map is fully unfolded you get the map overlay on top of that. So, I mean, the map isn't dynamic in that sense. It's not a different map every time you pull it out of a pocket based on what map you're on. He does pull out a map, and it's not something that's always in the top right-hand corner of your screen. It's just once that map is pulled out, then you get full the full map overlay like you would if you hit map, or the map key three times in Day Defeat Source, you know, when the map comes up and takes up your whole screen. And then you can see where your players are and your objectives are and stuff. So, I mean... That is another disconnect point, but I can see how it would be hard to have a different map for every single um, level in the game. So, that it's not really in the HUD. I guess I should have clarified that to begin with. Okay, no, I just I just thought that you press the button and then, you know, the game paused and you got either a 3D or a 2D map, and it just seemed a little incongruous to the idea of having iron sights and no other HUD as well, that's all. 
Yeah, exactly. Oh, and I should also say, I don't care if we get a resistance hate mail. <laughs> but there are some other good mods out there. Another mod that I haven't got to that's on my list is uh, Fistful of Frags. Um, I think they came out with their newest version. I played Fistful of Frags when it came out early, early on. Um, it's kind of like a western run-and-gun cowboy versus Indians type deal. But I, uh, as far as I know, it's came a long way. I can't really say whether it has or not, uh, because I haven't played the newest version. But that's out as well for the listeners out there who are interested in that sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I can't say that I've followed that one. I think the only multiplayer mod that even vaguely interested me was called Iron Grip, I think, um, because the artwork and the design seem to be really good. And it almost seems a waste to me to, to put so much effort into the artwork and then only produce a, an MP game because, I don't know, a, a, an SP game, you, you know, you look at those details. That's one of the beauties of Half-Life and Half-Life 2 is all of the little details are considered. But in an MP game, you just, I say you're just, you're just running around shooting and the story itself is not so important, at least not compared to a, an SP game. Right, Iron Grip was developed by uh, ISOTX, which is kind of a... Uh... It's kind of a professional third-party mod development team. They do, um, I think they're coming out with their own uh, first-person, or triple-A title for the uh, PC. I think it's called Warlord or something like that, um, to try uh, to get outside of the mod scene. So they are a professional team, so that's why you, get, you had that professional artwork. Iron Grip was a good game. Um, I just couldn't get into it. They have a lot of cool mods out right now for uh, Command and Conquer's Generals and that sort of thing. They're kind of steering away from the Half-Life franchise. And like I said, they're trying to make their own independent titles for the PC, which is nice too. But uh, Iron Grip was definitely one of the big ones. One of the things they also did was something called Crosis, which was an extension of originally something called Vapor, which was like a Steam idea for mods. And Crosis is quite good, although they still have to do a lot of work to do with the content add-in. But I'm going to reveal a, a huge secret now, that within the next few months, Planet Philip will be releasing something called MapTap. That's the current title, which is basically an auto-installer for maps released for Half-Life 2 and perhaps some of the episodes. Can't tell you too much at the moment. We have a working prototype and it works quite well, but there's a few features we want to add and we definitely need to polish it. And the coder is really busy at the moment, but uh, we've got one that's working and it's really, really cool. So that's a, a huge secret. That's exactly what the the community needs as well. The community needs a place for people, or I mean an application for people to download. And I guess not only, it doesn't act kind of like a website, it just kind of acts as, as Steam, because Steam is a great platform. I mean, it was it was a, rump, or a bumpy ride at first, but now it's really evolved into something quite incredible for the games industry. Um, and that's what we need for the mod community, is a place for people to unify and say, okay, we're all going to use this kind of platform, we're going to put all our stuff on here. And then the system just updates and says, hey, there's a new map for this game. There's a new map for this game. Would you like to download it? There's a new map for this game. Would you like to download it? There's a new multiplayer mod. Would you like to download it? And whether that's just for Half-Life or for, say, all mods, um, or, sorry, for all games that have modification capabilities is a different story. But something like that, um, that is community brand, not just ran by one single person, because that's always an issue. Something community ran like Wikipedia, almost, um, would be great for the industry, because then people don't have to dig around websites or, you know, check RSS feeds every hour to get the newest and latest and greatest, so to speak. Well, in essence, that's what Crosis is. I mean, it covers a huge range of games. You can automatically download uh, any of those mods. It automatically installs them for you. It automatically updates any uh, patches that that particular mod has. And you can do the same for maps. But basically, it's a shitload of work. And um, you need a few people to take responsibility for each of the games they cover and make sure that the, the details are kept up to date. But really what you're talking about is Crosis. But when I first heard about that, I was a little worried because I think, mm, 
does that mean that places like planet philip are not going to be visited anymore they're no longer going to be needed uh, and there is a possibility of that that if something like that was released and all the community took it then a lot of the websites i think would lose a lot of visitors yeah that's another really good point i mean you sacrifice one thing to have another and uh you know, to me, I don't run my own Half-Life site, so I can see how that would worry somebody like you who who strives on, you know, that sort of um, reader count. Um, and, you know, it's it's hard. It, it's hard for somebody uh, like you to go ahead and say, like, yeah, this, this Croesus thing is a great idea um, without having some sort of bias towards Planet Philip. So I guess the real answer is how can you... Um, how can you go ahead and uh, integrate Planet Philip into an application like Croesus or into something that some third-party, um, widespread, um, I guess, delivering system or online delivering system, distributed digital media system? Uh, how can you integrate Planet Philip into that so that you know you can control your own content? So maybe you could be somebody who would post onto Croesus, or you can have your own home on Croesus, but then I guess that takes away from the one-stop shop, because then people will be going to other people's homes. It makes things a little bit confusing. Yeah, I mean, I was in discussions with Croesus a long time ago about I was prepared to supply all my content that I have for them. Uh, we hit a couple of, you know, blocks as far as uh, administration was concerned, but I mean, it is possible. I mean, I suppose if it could find a way of taking all of the feeds from all of those other websites and putting them into a, a, a way that's presented easily and a way to download and all sorts of things, it's possible. But as a few people who have asked to join my website have said to me, I'd like to be involved, but I want to do things my way. And I think that's one of the cruxes of the problem is that I didn't agree with some of the things that Croesus wanted to do and other people won't agree with some of the things that I want to do. And there will always be people who want to do things differently from you. So as nice as it sounds to have one place where we can go for all these mods, it's, it's not going to happen. Uh, it's happened with Steam, but you can still get all of those games through other um, avenues. But... It's a great idea in, in theory, but I just don't think it would work in practice. You know, you just gave me a really good idea about how something like Croesus could work. Um, you know, Nick Nick said, use Croesus as a method for third-party reviews, kind of like a Metacritic type of thing, where uh, it reads RSS feeds and automatically updates to Croesus. So if somebody's downloading a mod from Croesus, they can say, I want to read some reviews, and then I'll bring up our reviews from, say, both Planet Philip, um, Planet Half-Life, Mod DB, that sort of thing. Kind of like a Metacritic-type deal. But what I was thinking is maybe you have an application like Croesus, and you can be what's called like a Croesus supplier, all right? And what a Croesus supplier does is, say, Planet Half-Life decides they want to be a Croesus supplier, or Planet Philip wants to be a Croesus supplier then what they do is, in every single news post they have, they add what's called a Croesus link. And then um, that link directly links to the mod download or the file download. And then what Croesus will do um, in the back end would go through all those Croesus suppliers and just index all that. So it's kind of an indexing utility, and people can go ahead and download straight from Croesus as the application is indexing other sites. That might be one way for... Um, people to still have websites and still have an application that will automatically do things for you. Because you're not necessarily downloading from Croesus. It'll say, when you open Croesus, it'll say, hey, there's a new mod supplied by Planet Philip. New mod supplied by Planet Half-Life. So you're still getting that, uh, those, that PR. It's just it's on some sort of unified platform. Yeah, I, I'm unclear as to the benefit for Croesus here because Croesus want, from my understanding, they want to supply the mods, they want to keep them up to date, they want to ensure that people keep visiting their website or fire their application. I mean, they could have links to other sites uh, and some of the links on Croesus link back to me because this is the only place that it's available on the internet. But, but I suppose, I mean, we could work together more 
but uh, people don't because people don't like to cooperate too much, I suppose. I don't know, maybe that's just been being pessimistic. Yeah, I just want to clarify what I just said was how we think it should be done and now not how it will be done. We're just throwing theories out here. Nick wanted me to clarify so nobody thinks that we developed Croesus and we have some insider information. No, we're just uh, third parties just talking about it. Um, we have no uh, no knowledge of their plans or how the system you know, works at the back end or anything. <laughs> no affiliation, so to speak. So... I don't want to get too much into that because we just had a huge rant about third-party distribution. But, uh, you know, th this is what the podcast is all about. Not not necessarily, I mean, it is about Half-Life, but if we stem on to other topics, that's perfectly fine. And hopefully this has been an enjoyable conversation for you, the listener, to hear in on. Um, you know, it's just an intellectual conversation about how things are going in um, community-based situations. Because Half-Life is all about the community. The community died... Half-Life would die. It's just as simple as that. The game has not went for this long because of the game alone. The game has went this long because of the community. And uh, the more you feed into the community, the more you, um, the more you help the community along, the better the game will be. And that's how Half-Life has always been. Um, and it'll, it'll continue to be that way until the community dies. Exactly. Uh, the game is what it is because of the community, as you've said, and uh, I, I can't see the community dying. Even if they stop producing Half-Life Universe games, the community will still be around for a number of years. Exactly. Exactly. So that's what we're here for. I mean, we're not just going to... I just want to clarify, we're not just going to be talking about Half-Life 2. We're not just going to be talking about Half-Life 1. We're going to be talking about almost the entire Valve franchise. Um, and it's good, because Valve developed games for Valve players. You don't see that a lot in developers anymore. I mean, you have studios like EA, who develop a whole plethora of games. You have studios like, uh, I don't know, like Bungie now, who developed Halo, and now they want to do something completely different. You know, Valve sticks to one medium. They stick to Steam, they stick to the Source Engine, they stick to what they know. And so I think what how we can sum it up is we will be talking about all Valve games. Not just even when Left 4 Dead comes out, we'll be talking about Left 4 Dead. I mean, it's just that whole range is there available to us. I won't, but that's no problem for me. I mean, I'm only interested in the Half-Life universe, and even when people say to me, oh, but you must love Portal, not really. It's connected to the story, and that's the only uh, interest I have in it. But anything else, I am the most focused player you will probably ever meet. I, I've tried almost every other genre. I've played hundreds of different FPS games, and to be honest, they all bore me now. <laughs> you know, that's how I feel, though, too. I mean, you, can, you always have spurts of games that you get involved in. Like, a perfect example is the MMO world. You know, you get into an MMO... Um, I've gotten into many MMOs. Most recently, Age of Conan was one of them. But I always find myself crawling back to Half-Life. It's always there waiting for me. Kind of like kind of like a mother, so to speak. It's the mother of all games. You know, you leave home, um, you go out, and you go out into the working world, or you go out to war, so to speak. And then, you know, it's always there for you when you come back. That's how I feel with Half-Life. There's always something there for you when you get back home. And that is what the Half-Life community is. Um, I agree. And when you get back home, it's different. Just, I suppose, the same as your mother. You know, the way you see her when you're very young is very different from when you're a teenager to when you're, you know, middle-aged, etc., etc. And it's the same with Half-Life. When you play it again and again, it, you know, there's different things that you notice or you, you know, understand things in a different way. One of uh, one of the community's leading modelers, a guy called CubeDoob89, he plays every Half-Life game again every summer. And uh, I, I think that's a little over the top. But he tells me that, you know, each one is different and each time he plays it, it's a little bit different. So it's not just coming back to the same game. It's coming back to a game that has changed because you've changed. You know, I do the exact same thing, though, to be honest. Um, maybe not every summer. Um, maybe that's a little bit too much because now there's so many renditions. 
But if, say, Episode 3 comes out, when Episode 3 comes out, I will play through the entire Half-Life series, start to back, like starting from Half-Life, moving on to Blue Shift, moving on to Opposing Force, and moving on to Half-Life 2, Episode 1, Lost Coast, Episode 2. I will play through them all until I get to Episode 3, and I'm ready to play Episode 3. Freak. <laughs> but that's what it's about, you know? And I mean, my cousin, he's the same way. He will play through the games um, just to get that refresher. And I know a lot of people who do that, too. Um, you know, they... they it's you know the half life half life isn't just about what's new and what's coming out now. It's about nostalgia. I mean, the community revolves so much around nostalgia, and you can see that even in the most littlest of things, um, even in the websites. You know, most websites for Half Life will have a nostalgia section where you can check out what their website looked like back in the day when it was in its glory, or so to speak. Um, Plan Half Life does that. One thing that I can think of, Sven Co-op does that. You can go through so many different sites and remember the good old days, and that's what Half-Life is about. You know, you play Half-Life 1, you remember the good old days. I remember when I was scared about the alien slaves in the dark. You know, different things like that. It's it's just all about those memories. True, true. And talking of nostalgia, maybe some of the readers don't know, but there's a really good um, subdomain on Planet Half-Life called Nostalgia. We'll link to it in on our website, but you could just maybe even uh, Google for Nostalgia and Half-Life. And it's a collection of all the artwork, all the boxes, all the media. It's a great little site. And in fact, it's our first website of the week. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's really, really interesting. Exactly. I mean, I remember even before Half-Life came out, there was like kind of the biker, brick-faced Gordon Freeman, and he was huge. <laughs> So, I mean, all that is uh, in there. It's it's a really funny site. Yeah, I, I should visit more. I should. Talking of which, I was visiting another uh, Wikipedia. It wasn't Wikipedia, but it was a wiki. Um, and there was a number of things that I started reading about Half-Life 2, like the moving walls. And I'd never really paid much attention to those. So over the next couple of weeks, I think maybe a new feature that I've just thought of will be trivia. We'll talk about some of the, the trivia points to do with all of the games and uh, see how knowledgeable some of you uh, readers are, or listeners, sorry. Okay, so we've just lost uh, William. He seems to have technical problems. So it's down to me to carry on here. So really, we're pretty much finished for today. Hopefully you've enjoyed listening to us. Hopefully you understand exactly what we're trying to do with the podcast, the areas that we'll be covering. You'll uh, be able to visit the website very soon. It, we plan it to be a weekly uh, recording, but of course with only two main co-hosts, there's a possibility that uh, every now and again we'll miss a week, but that's uh, unlikely. So we're going for the weekly podcast. There's a possibility in the future that perhaps we'll even extend to video, but we, you know, we'll, we'll get some proper podcasts under our belt first. And then we'll just take it from there. So it looks like William's back online. So any final words? No, he's gone. <laughs> of course, that's just exactly the way it's supposed to be. On He's back. William, any final words I'm before back. you disappear? I'm sorry, my internet cut out. And that just proves that we do this live, so to speak. Um, it's kind of interesting because it is a podcast, but we do record it live. We get like pretty much one shot if we screw it up. Uh, we probably have to uh, do it again but uh, sorry I know you're closing up uh, I'm sure you covered everything but I just want to reinforce the fact that the show is about you guys it's about the listeners and uh, the more listeners have the more people you tell you know tell your grandma tell your dog tell all your friends to all the people on your clan that this is a new podcast a brand new Half-Life podcast full of really cool stuff um, so that we can make it better and uh, we'll open it up so you can listen to it live, um, just like we're as, uh, the moment we're recording it, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, but it's about you guys. If you want to be on the show, email us, email some of your ideas, email some of your comments. Tell us what you liked about the show today. Tell us what you hated. We take con constructive criticism. We even take hateful criticism. We'll take anything. Just email us. Um, the, the sites will be up aboutthatbeer.com um, and podcast17.com. Probably going to be about that beer. Just 
just to let you know about that beer.com or podcast17.com. Philip, sorry, I know I cut into you, but anything else? No, no, no problem. One thing I would say is that I'm obviously really excited about doing something like this. And yes, it's about the readers and it's also about us. We have our opinions and we want to share them. But one of the important things for me is I'm really looking forward to learning from some from uh, from this podcast. I've learned a lot from my readers from Planet Philip. Um, and I'm really looking forward to learning some stuff by spending time with you and some of the other guests and the interviewees. Because uh, too many people assume that because I run a website uh, that I know everything about Half-Life, that I know everything about the mods, and I, I, I can mod, I can map, I can code, I can, and I can't. I can play, and I can play really badly. And I just happen to be a person who likes collecting and just put stuff on the, the website. But I'm really interested in learning, learning about uh, your thoughts, you know, things to do with the uh, community that I never even thought of. What I'm trying to say is that I'm really looking forward to learning. Exactly. Um, I mean, I'm just a collector too. Um, I collect everything. Some people collect baseball cards. Other people collect bottle caps. I collect video games and mods. That's what I do. I just love seeing new things. I mean, I have done some development in, this in before, but I'm not saying I'm the greatest. I love learning about this sort of stuff too. I love hearing what other people have to say. So that's also what it's about to me as well. So you say you have a collection, maybe one uh, one of the episodes in the future we'll talk about our collection because I've accrued quite a, uh, a good FPS collection, which I'm planning to sell in fact, but, but maybe we can talk about our collections and how they led us to Half-Life. Yeah, for sure, I, I definitely agree with that. I can just say right now, I actually stumbled upon Half-Life by accident and, uh, you know, I remember hearing about Half-Life in the news, but I was only just a kid, so it was really something I had to discover by myself. You know, one day I just went into the store, and I was like, yeah, I saw that. Um, I saw that in, you know, some website or something. And I was like, yeah, I'll pick that up. And then I went home and I played it. And then it wasn't for, like, a year until I figured out TFC came with it. I'm completely honest. I didn't know... Okay, I'm not going to do it now. I'm telling you not to do it now. But uh, I'm just saying, I didn't even know TFC was in the game until a year after I bought it. I'm just going to say that much. Yeah, I think we could get carried away and this, this, uh, today's first episode could last for hours and so we're going to have to control ourselves. Next episode, everything is next episode. So we're finished for today. Thank you for listening. I've had a great time. Last words, William? No. Thank you so much, Phil, for being on the show and thank you guys for listening and stay tuned to our website, planetphilip.com. That's with two L's, aboutthatbeer.com, and uh, potentially podcast17.com to get the most up-to-date information about this podcast and to get all those emails we're talking about, and we'll have show notes up there and links to everything we've talked about. So uh, thank you for listening, and we're out! Five and...